The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us as we take just a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. I hope you had a great week as we come up to this Friday morning. I hope you're looking forward to Sunday. I always do. Here at Grace Baptist, we are kicking back off uh, the adult Bible studies that start at 9 o'clock. If you have not registered for a class, please do. Let us know you're coming, and if somehow you forget to register, no big deal. Come anyway. Uh, We mostly register, so we make sure we have the right room for the classes and enough materials to hand out. Um, But either way, uh, make it at 9 o'clock. Even if you're a few minutes late, we'd love you to join us. We're meeting all three classes in the Connection Center, and so we'd love to have you uh, join us. Even if you're brand new, it's a great opportunity for you to join us at 10 and then 10.30. uh, We're still going through the ending of Philippians as we take a minute uh, to talk about the right thinking. We've gone three weeks on this idea of soul health and and our mental health and thinking, and so Sunday we're going to finish it up with the right thinking from Matthew, uh, Philippians 4, 8, 9. So hope you join us Sunday morning, starting at 9 in the morning service at 1030. Uh, if you're following, us, uh, following with us in Scripture, we're in Mark chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 11. And uh, we're going to look at really two sections of Scripture here that talk about what happens uh, when people reject Jesus. Now, let me give kind of a little bit of explanation what I mean by rejecting Jesus. I think all of us would agree, those of you who have been saved and come to Christ would agree that most people, the vast majority of people, do not get saved the first time they hear of Jesus, the first time they hear the gospel. For many people, man, they hear that for the first time and they're blown away. They don't even know what to do with that information. You know, the gospel and all that comes with it. What does it mean? Uh, is Can it be real? Can it be that symbol? Does Jesus really love me? All of these, especially if they've been reared in a different religious thinking. Uh, so I'm not talking about those who have been given the truth and still have not made a decision on it. We're referencing those that no matter how much information, that's what we're going to see today, no matter how much information they've been given, how much truth, how much what we would call conviction of the Holy Spirit, they continue to reject the truth of Jesus. And that's what we're going to see in these two. He's going to reference the generational struggle, and then he's going to reference cities who just completely reject Jesus. Let's see what happens, what he talks about. Again, verse 16. Jesus says, but to what shall I like him this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, look, a glutton and a winebibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. So the first thing we see is he's talk, talking to this generation of people who really, no matter what, were finding some reason to criticize. So they bring up this weird criticism in the middle. They make a point. John did not eat too much. John did not drink. And they said he must be of a demon because he had this aesthetic, his weird lifestyle. Jesus came. He ate, he drank. And they say, I mean, he's a glutton. Um, he's a wine bibber. He sits with tax collectors. The point is this. Uh, they criticized John and Jesus for the exact same things, but they still found a reason to criticize. There is going to be a group of people in life they're going to criticize no matter what level of truth they get. They're going to create, you know, uh, there's a lot of these things. I see it flowing on social media right now. A lot of these things in this joke about, you know, you, uh, what was it? 
if McDonald's messes up your meal once, you keep going back. But if a church makes one mistake, you stop coming. I, I get nervous with that. I would say that McDonald's is a little different than church. Um, and I would say that some do. They come, and it doesn't take much for people to leave church. My experience, if someone's looking for that, they'll go. And, and it's disappointing, but they, hopefully one day they'll find a place they can really be comfortable in. That's um, not really what we're referencing here, though. We're referencing people who have been given truth, and it doesn't matter. And unfortunately, there's going to be some that no matter if you witness to them, invite them, uh, you live a life, they're going to reject it. And he says no matter what we do, they're going to reject it. Um, so he's saying that don't, don't from experience, from practical point, he's, again, ta- he's preaching and he's talking about this. You know, the disciples have been taught. Really what it comes down to it is um, not everybody's going to jump on board with what we hear. Not everybody's going to run with it. Um, some people are just set. They just don't like this. Now, by the way, the Holy Spirit can open their eyes. The Holy Spirit can open their hearts. The Holy Spirit can bring them to salvation. So, you know, I have a tendency to love skeptics. Now, what I mean by skeptics is a difference. There's critics like this passage who are going to find any level to criticize no matter what you do. You do what they want, they criticize. You don't do what they want, they criticize. Uh, I'm one, and one in my second... In my youth group in Atlanta, I, uh, we, a bunch of kids asked me to do a very specific youth activity. Um, we trying to be gracious and kind to the older group here. We did that activity uh, called the Video Scavenger Hunt. Uh, we did have a great atter- attendance, but the four or five who really pushed me to do it did not show up that night. And they told everybody, that's stupid. We're going to go to a better youth activity. And they did. They went to another youth group about a half hour away that did the exact same activity. Uh, you look at it, you learn at that point, you cannot respond to critics. You cannot change what you're doing to critics. The simple answer there is you just got to stay in truth. You got to stay in truth no matter what. And if you stand on truth, the critics will see that. Um, so don't, don't be overwhelmed by critics. But let's move on to something that is a little more ominous, if I guess I could say that. Verse 20. Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Now, please understand the key here. These weren't cities that were just passed over. He had done a lot of mighty works, a lot of great things. And the Bible says, you know, Jews require a sign. The Jewish people wanted that. He gave them signs. He gave them wonders. He gave them miracles. He healed people. Uh, Large portions of yet, yet they continued to reject him. Here's what happens. Here's what he said. Verse 21, woe to you, Chorazim. Woe to you, Bethsaida, or Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented a long, long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Now that's a pretty ominous comment. So he references a couple cities that had been destroyed, were no longer there, been great punishment given to them. And he said to these other cities, if these great works that you have seen had been done in these other cities, like Sodom and Gomorrah, he said that place would still exist. There would be no punishment. What he's saying is if we had done enough in these cities like we've done to you, these, these people would have repented. They would have come back. There would have been a great revival. And yet we come, he goes, I come to these cities and we give all this and you don't. He goes, so 
There'll be, it'll be more tolerable for them in the lake of fire than for you. And, and we do see in the ultimate lake of fire, there's degrees of punishment. And what he's saying is simply to whom much is given, much is required. When you've been given so many opportunities for the gospel and yet you keep rejecting it, he says, how will be worse for you than those who did? No. So an example here, America has been given more access to the true unfettered gospel than probably any time in, you, in, in world history between the amount of churches that are out there today, podcast, online, the amount of access, even if you find someone who is a little off in some areas but still teaching truth, the Bible's there. You can get a Bible anywhere. You can download it for free on multiple um, platforms. There's just so much. You don't want to go to church, watch it online. There's so much access. I don't think there's ever been this much access to the truth today and, and ever. And yet there are some who just continue to reject. And he says, think about that, to some of these countries begging for truth, and yet we, no one's there to give it. Here's what he's saying. Those here in America don't get saved, unfortunately. Their punishment and hell will be worse because they've been given this great opportunity and they've rejected it. And that's a scary thought. I would give a couple thoughts on that. As, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as part of the church, may we recognize that God's not done here. He's still doing great things in America. And as far as our state here in California, as far as America goes from Jesus, you know, don't be overwhelmed by that. And sometimes in world history, in American history, it's sometimes in the darkest times of our country that Jesus' truth shines brightest. Let's just keep going forward. For those of you sitting on the edge, this is not, unfortunately, a game where you can say, well, do I want religion or not? This is life or death. And may it be something that challenges you to seek truth. I said earlier, I love skeptics, not critics, but skeptics. What do I mean by skeptics? They're not just going to accept any truth. They're looking for real truth. And you understand I'm saying that. There's today's, you give away has got their own truth, but they're looking for truth. And that truth is only found in the word of God. If you're truly looking for truth, you, I believe you'll find it because the truth is found in Jesus. And maybe you come to our church to find another one. Hopefully you understand the truth is found in the Bible, not in a preacher. Uh, not even in a different denomination. It's found in the Bible, and hopefully you will recognize that and recognize the power and truth, the power in that life-giving truth that comes with it. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for joining us today and this Friday. Um, we're going to continue again next week, and we continue through uh, the life of Christ in the book of Matthew. Hope you stick with us. Again, thanks for the opportunity to be part of your day. We look forward to seeing you again next